Welcome to the Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing Flowers in the Attic by V.C. Andrews. Uh, but before we get into the book, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on social media. You can find us at the PHX Nest Pod on Instagram and PHX Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at the Phoenix Nest Pod at gmail.com. The links to our social media can be found in the description along with a link to our Goodreads and our favorite local independent bookstore, Mostly Books. Um, before we get started, we want to say hi, welcome back. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> we didn't know how to put our shit together today, and uh, we apologize. It's been like two months. Has it been two months, Kat? Yes. Like a month and a half, almost two yeah. months? Yeah. It's been a while since we've sat down to record. Um, And in that time, Kat and I discussed how we want to make a little changes to the podcast and how we want to do things. So if right. the structure is a little bit different, that's because we changed it. It probably won't be too different because, surprise, it's Bad Romance Month. Yeah. And um, so there's probably a lot more to talk about that we dislike than when we're trying to pull things that we find really, really interesting in other books. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know. We'll see. This Okay, first of all, this is just like every piece of this from <clears throat> the person that wrote it to the reading to the reviews is just all a shit show. Like, entirely a shit show. We're going to go over a little bit of an introduction about the book itself. Um, we'll go into some character detail as well. And we're also going to add trigger warnings. I think we're going to start adding trigger warnings, you know, content warnings about the book at the beginning of that as well, just so that you know what we had to go through and what you might go through if you have to read the books or want to read the books at any point. Um, so to get started, let's go ahead and do an intro about the book, just kind of some information regarding the book itself, how it was published and such. So it was published in 1979. It is a gothic novel with some romance elements at the core of them. Um, Andrews was really good about doing that with most of her series. Um, they're all crazy. They're all insane. We read some of the synopses yeah. a while ago, and they were batshit bananas. Um, so Andrews actually claimed that she wrote this book in two weeks and then revised it in one night when her publisher sent it back and said, make it spicy. Which, like, why? First off, you only wrote this book in two weeks and it shows. Okay. Um, so this has been adapted into film twice. Yep. Once in 1987 and then again in 2014, which again, I ask, why? Yeah, why was that something where we needed an update? Like, it wasn't a classic. No. It wasn't, like, a cult favorite or anything like that. But they're like, no, we need to adapt this again for TV. Like, why? Why? And the weird thing, too, that I found fascinating is that this reached the bestsellers list within two weeks of its release. Which really, I think, says a lot more how, like, oh, I'm sorry, a lot more about how, like, disgusting people that enjoy these are. Yeah. Like, and that sounds, like, really strong and judgmental of me. And, like, I'll give you that a little bit. However, <laughs> when we get into the content of this... I'm extremely concerned because I'm looking, okay, so there isn't an actual blurb or synopsis for this until you reach the 40th anniversary edition, which is when they, like, sold it as a set and whatever. 
And so that's the that's the blurb that I have to read, right? So I'm on mm-hmm. Amazon right now. And there's almost 3,000 reviews, which averages at a four and a half star rating. The only reason why I rated this book in the end was because I had to to mark it as red. Like, wh- why? Like, it concerns me. And, like, some. Of, so I was reading some of the reviews, and some people are like, oh, it's a mystery. Oh, it's blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but. Where was the mystery? I don't know. <laughs> let's go ahead. Let's it's awful. let's have you read the synopsis <clears throat> and we'll discuss the basic plot of it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> At the top of the stairs, there are four secrets hidden, blonde, innocent, and fighting for their lives. They were a perfect and beautiful family until a heartbreaking tragedy shattered their happiness. Now, for the sake of an inheritance that will ensure their future, the children must be hidden away out of sight as if they never existed. They are kept in the attic of their grandmother's labyrinthine... Labyrinthine? Labyrinthine? Oh, that doesn't look correct. Mansion, <laughs> isolated and alone. As the visits from their seemingly unconcerned mother slowly dwindle, the four children grow ever closer and depend upon one another to survive both this cramped world and their cruel grandmother. A suspenseful and thrilling tale of family, greed, murder, and forbidden love, Flowers in the Attic is the unputdownable first novel of the epic Dollinganger, oh my god, Dollinganger, I hate that one, family saga. The Dollinganger series includes Flowers in the Attic, Pals in the Wind, If There Be Thorns, Seeds of Yesterday, Garden of Shadows, Beneath the Attic, and Out of the Attic. And then it goes on to list even more that they've written and added in the, in like. In the time frame since she's passed. Right. So that would include all of Christopher's diaries. I don't want that. Um, there's one called Secret Brother. What? Which I don't know what that is. And then, um, Shadows of Foxworth. And those are all part of the 40th anniversary celebration. And I don't then. Celebrate it at all. Right. There's also a note on here. That says over 107 million copies have sold worldwide, and this has been translated into 25 foreign languages. So really, the whole world is just fuckers. Like, so the copy of the book that we have says it was at 85 million copies at this point. Isn't that horrifying? Oh, and then it says, join the conversation about the world of V.C. Andrews, and then it gives its Facebook link. It has a Facebook yeah, official VC Andrews on Facebook. We don't even have a Facebook. I don't want a Facebook. I just got rid of my Facebook. Um, so we have a lot of problems with this for like a lot of reasons. So it ranks in the top one hundred of books as bestsellers. It ranks in pretty highly in gothic fiction, mm-hmm. classic American literature, and coming of age fiction print books. I would not let my child read this book. Okay, so that's a point that we need to talk about because you and I talked and discussed a lot about this because we wanted to start putting trigger warnings. And um, this was something where <laughs> we were like, we're going to do bad romance. We're each going to pick a book for mm-hmm. the month. Mm-hmm. And we attempted Midnight Sun. And I apologize for that. And Because that was, was my fault. It was horrifying. Painful. Just horrifying. And we're like, okay, well, maybe we'll watch Twilight and 
maybe we'll we'll change it up for Bad Romance Month, mm-hmm. but then we still need another book. And I was like, well, I always say V.C. Andrews is really bad, and that's like incestuous romance, and it's written for young adults. So let's, before we have that let's, discussion, let's. let's talk about the content warnings. These content warnings are coming directly from Storygraph. If you don't use Storygraph, it's Goodreads, but better. Um <laughs> Just going to say it. No, go for it. So the content warnings are listed as, this is just the summary of them. This is not the complete and total breakdown because that list would have us recording for over two hours at that point. We have graphic child abuse, graphic incest, and graphic child death. We have moderate rape, moderate emotional abuse, and moderate sexual content. We have minor blood, minor car accident, and minor suicidal thoughts. Had I read this... When I was the age in which I was supposed to read this. Right. I don't know that my mental health would have been in a place where it would have been okay for me to have read this. It's it's not good. And then it doesn't mention it there. But there's also like a really healthy dose of fanatical religious oh, yeah. stuff in this. And that is highly concerning as well. Just because when you are 13... If you're not already a highly religious person, this would, like, really freak you out, I think. When we say fanatical religion in this book, we don't just mean that the characters are fanatically religious. We also need to point out that there are two Bible verses when it comes to the two parts of this book. So part one's Bible verses from Isaiah, and part two's I can't even find because I forgot to mark it. But it's another Bible verse that's probably taken out of context as most Bible verses are. Um, But it, I don't know that at the age, you know, as a teenager, oh, it's from the Song of Solomon. I just found it. I don't know that as a teenager, I would have been in a right place and right mind to have read this and not been influenced in some way. It's just, it's bad. And I think what makes it worse is that pretty much all of V.C. Andrews' writings Take this same weird, twisted, formulaic, mm-hmm. creepy step. And they're all written for young adults and should not be read by young adults. No. And really kind of shouldn't be read by anybody. Like, the the incest is like a big hurdle within itself. Because incest in pretty much all of America, mm-hmm. save the Deep South, is something that's, like... Deeply frowned upon. Well, illegal. And illegal in and a lot of states. And dangerous in, like, weird ways. Oh, yeah. And then, like, the deep religious stuff does not help that either. So it's just... And that's throughout, like, all of her books, from mm-hmm. what I remember. So that's you've another read, step. You've read more V.C. Andrews than I have. Because and I think I've read more than I'm remembering. Because when I was reading through... The very long list of books in, like, the cover. I was like, I'm pretty sure I read that. And I had told you, like, specific plots of some. Mm-hmm. And so when we looked up other synopses, we were like, oh, no. Like, oh, that's bad. Oh, that's yeah. bad. And it's just, like, on and on and on. And I would have read these when I was in, like, sixth or seventh grade. And it's just terrible. And it does almost all of them. No, I'm not going to say almost. All of them have this weird romantic stuff in it mm-hmm. and it's pretty much always incest it's strange to me that this was such a huge hit 
because the first off, um, it's worse than soap opera writing. Honestly. I have told Kat multiple times since finishing this book and while reading it that I hate her for making me read this. And I'm also that made you read Bittersweet Rain. Yeah, and that was also very bad. Um, and when I say that, I say that from a place where I love Kat deeply <laughs> as a friend, and I just hate her for the moment of making me read these books. Um, but I never read anything like this. I have never read anything like this. I never wanted to. I enjoy gothic literature. Um, a couple, sure, dark cu- romanticism, gothic. Yeah, a lot All of my that stuff favorites. Can be really good. Yeah, and when this book came up as the topic, I remember saying, "I am thirty-five years old, and I've avoided this my entire life. I wish that I could go back in time and continue to avoid it." Luckily, you don't have to read anymore because we'll no. never pick a VC Andrews again. No, um, we are very concerned with the publisher. Who read this and then was like, you know what? You should probably write more of this. So that's and interesting. Then that. I couldn't find the original publisher. Um, I believe Simon and Schuster has the rights to it as of right now. Um, SimonSays.com? Probably. Because right now it's Pocket Books is what our copy says. And I believe. And then they were like Star, Pocket Star. Yeah. Or something like that. These are sub houses they're small houses within the big house um but it's yeah it is simon and schuster sorry um i don't want to say that that publishing house has been known to have some problematic takes when it comes to publishing in the books they do Mm -hmm. but i'm not not saying it it's there's just a lot of problems with the process of this. Like, so we did do some research. Mm-hmm. We we looked up some stuff because th- we're led to believe that this is based on a true story. And portions of this actually are based on some family issues mm-hmm. within V.C. Andrews' extended family. Yeah. So from what I could find, it's not her. No. That was one of these children. It's not her that was, like, th- you know, related to this grandmother or whatever. Um, but we also have some weird things, like this book is dedicated to her mother. Um, they had a relative who did confirm that they did have, you know, some, some crazy relatives that were, like, sexually abusive of minors, or, like, stuff like that that comes out that you're like, I don't know that you should continue writing that. Like, that, those are, those are skeletons that are to remain in your closet. Well, and then for publishing companies or multiple houses... To read and approve and continually hire and pay, it's very concerning that no one said, hey, should we make incest accessible for young children? And everyone was like, "Eh, it's fine. It's fine. It's it's fine. Remember when your children start making out with each other. And it we'll get further into that as we go through the characters and the acts. Um, Let's go ahead and discuss the characters. Okay, first of all, this cover is, I believe, Kathy Mm -hmm. peeking out of the attic in a weird way. But, like, it's real creepy. I don't... Because her head is as large as the window. Yeah, and if Did we not read how they couldn't reach those windows? They couldn't reach those windows. They were too high. I don't know. It was just insane. It's just bad. Okay, so the characters. Yeah. I spilled my water on myself again. 
and on the book, but who cares at this point? Um, so the characters. We have the parents, um, Corinne and Christopher, Doll and Ganger. They have four children, Kathy, Christopher, and their twins, Carrie and Corey. Um, First of all, hate that. That they're all starting with a C. Yeah, even the parents. It's very the Jenners. Yeah. Very the Jenners. Oh, I don't like that at all now that you've said it. Um, and then we also have a couple other characters. We have Olivia and Malcolm Foxworth, who are the grandparents to the children. And then we have Bartholomew, Bart, who is the stepfather of these children that we find out later on. Now, Corinne and Christopher, the parents, love each other very much. They are perfect. They are blonde. They are everything that anybody could ever want. They are also niece and uncle. Yep. They're only, like, a couple years apart, though. Yeah, there was a whole thing about, like, finding out that they had, like, a long-lost family member, Mm -hmm. and it ended up being Christopher. Yeah. And so they tried to do the the kind thing and invite him to live on their estate, and then he fell in love with Corinne. Yes. Yeah. Um, We will not get further into it. However, in the fifth book, we also find out that not only are they half-niece, half-uncle, they are also half-siblings- that's it's too much um and then they have their four children who are perfect they call them the dolls they are kathy the oldest daughter who is the second in line in regards to where they stand christopher is the oldest the oldest brother as well and then we have carrie and Corey. they are the twins they are what four or five when this starts i think they're four i think they're four yeah um they're very whiny i very much hated them through the entire thing they were tough they were, to like. They were difficult to read. Misery with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were difficult to read. Actually, they all were. I don't know why I'm saying just really the <sighs> twins, but like even the older ones were annoying. They were. They were terrible. So, they were terrible. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get into Act One. Okay. So as we <laughs> as we've said, like this is a perfect family. Like everyone in their little town knows who they are and they talk about their their dad is like good looking and athletic and he's successful and their mom is this gorgeous woman that everyone loves oh yeah and they appreciate they say it a lot how much their dad loves their mom Mm -hmm. like he shows it constantly he like buys her gifts and when he travels he he always makes sure he's home on friday and he brings everyone presents and you know, like, there's a whole thing. And I think that part of, like, the perfect family scenario is, like, kind of a nice picturesque it's, type thing. Yeah, it's what you always wanted your family to be growing up. Right. You know, you wanted your parents to love each other deeply. Yes. And you wanted your, you know, your father to dote on you and your mother to be perfect or whatever. Um, Yeah. And then we – so within, like, the second chapter, tragedy strikes – and oh, um, it's supposed to be the dad's birthday, mm-hmm. and their mom is all dressed up, and they're having a big party to surprise him, and there's lots of presents and food and all this stuff, and, like, the hours are getting later and later, and he doesn't show up, and instead, a sheriff shows up and is like, really sorry. May I read? I oh, you're going to read it? I found... Yeah, go for it, man. All right. 
According to the accounts, which we've recorded, there was a motorist driving a blue Ford weaving in and out of the left lane, apparently drunk, and he crashed head-on into your husband's car. But it seems your husband must have been seen the accident coming, for he swerved to avoid a head-on collision, but a piece of machinery had fallen from another car or truck, and this kept him from completing his correct defensive driving maneuver, which would have saved his life. But as it was, your husband's much heavier car turned over several times, and still he might have survived, but an oncoming truck, unable to stop, crashed into his car, and again the Cadillac spun over, and then it caught on fire. So, like, at every step of the car accident there's just no way that he is going to survive he could have but he didn't right and so first of all it's his birthday and so everyone there is like we're so sorry and you know the kids are freaking out like that's not true that's a lie all this stuff all the like classic dramatic things that you would expect right and Mm -hmm. um so then Corinne is kind of, like, trying to figure stuff out mm-hmm. for her family and decides that, like, sh- there's no way she can make ends meet because she was always spoiled. Mm-hmm. She never learned any skills. Nope. And she tells her kids, listen, I grew up wealthy and you're going to, we're all going to move in with your grandparents that you don't know because i've been disowned and we have to get in their good graces so we can get the money right to survive and because that's not, a huge problem yeah because not only is she spoiled as a child but she was spoiled as an adult and they lived beyond their means right and so her husband never was able to tell her no and so they live in a house that's too big and drive a car that's too expensive and she wasn't working and she never went to school and there's just like Problem on top of problem. And Mm -hmm. so she writes a letter to her mom, and she finally receives a letter back and is like, listen, someone's going to come and take all of our things away anyways because we can't afford them, and so you guys need to pack some suitcases. We're getting on a train. What? You get two suitcases between the four of you. Right. And that's, like, hard because she's got, what, like, two teenage children and then two young children, and, like, that's... They can't really take anything with them. They can take some clothes and, like, a toy and a game. And that's it. And nothing sentimental. It's, like, it's insane. Um, So we find out that she has to go back and basically beg. She has to beg her father to take her back. Yeah. At this point, it's, it's... At this point, the kids don't know why she's been disowned. Because... Christopher is, like, 14 and Kathy's 12. Right. And like we said, the twins are, like, 4 or 5. So let's kind of unpack everything that's gone on in Act 1 so far. So we have this perfect family, and then we have the destruction of the perfect family by having that giant, scary car accident where the father could have survived multiple times over until his car caught on fire and he died. That is going to be the turning point. At the very, very, very beginning. Because we go from having this perfect family where everything is great to now we've fallen apart and we're not as great as we thought we were. They've lost friends. Um, they're not sticking up and keeping with society at this point because they don't have the money and the funds to do so. Um, we have leaving behind your perfect home. Have you? You've lived in your house your entire life, haven't you? Um, We moved into... Anyway, my parents' house, we moved in when I was, like, five. 
So then, yeah, you've so lived there. So they've lived there for, like, 27 years? Yeah. Yeah. So you've not really had to leave your your childhood home behind and never see it again, have you? I mean, when I was really little, yeah. we moved, and then we moved to Benson, and then we moved back here, but... No. Yeah. Let me tell you how upsetting it is to leave your childhood home and your childhood bedroom. Well, I wouldn't say that I don't know that, Jess. I mean, like, it's... Like As an older person, leaving yeah, like your what you're used to is I like was, traumatizing for kids. And when you have a mom like this mom, yeah, who's like, it's a secret, and you're not allowed to do anything. But don't worry, I'm promising you the world. And she promises them the world throughout the whole book until She's she no longer promises. The, probably the worst character in this whole book, which is saying a lot. Considering who their grandmother yeah, is. And just them as people. Uh, yeah. So they have to leave all their worldly possessions behind. They've only got these two suitcases. They're traipsing through to get to the train. They get to the train. They get off in the middle of the night. The twins are asleep. They don't want to walk. And they're whiny. And they're whiny. And they have they're to lug their two mess. suitcases. And they're, they have to do it through the forest. Like, there's no one there to pick them up. No yeah, one comes like and gets them. Yeah, it's like one of those little, um, like, train stops that's just like a little shack. Yeah. You know? Because this takes, this is supposed to take place in the 50s. I think it's like 1957, if I read correctly. Today, I read it. Um, so they get to Foxworth Manor which is where their grandparents live, and they're excited to meet this grandmother. They're not going to meet the grandfather because the grandfather doesn't know about them. And it's that he's sick. He's dying. Yeah. And they're they're waiting for him to die so they can inherit his money. And they meet the grandmother, and they're put in a room where they're locked in, and the grandmother will bring them food in the morning, and it's to last the whole day. And then a set of rules... The rules were insane. Like, and it upsetting. was a bunch of rules, and a lot of them revolve around, um, well, not just, like, don't ever waste food, but, like... Don't be sinners, and don't be immoral, and don't think dirty thoughts. And, like, never sharing the bathroom with someone of the opposite sex. Being um, modest. Yeah, it was just a lot of stuff like that. And then stuff that would be almost impossible for children to control. Like, how loud the little kids would be. Yeah. And, like, only being able to play upstairs in the attic but certain hours of the day. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's just a lot that it would be impossible for an adult to do those things. Because they get stuck in this room and they have to stay in this room until 10 a.m. After 10, the cleaners on the second floor are moved to the first, the, the main wing of the house, which means now they have free reign of the attic. The attic is dusty and musty and full of old hoarder shit. Like mice and bugs and there's decaying creepy, clothing. Like there's a creepy classroom up there. Oh, I have so many questions about that classroom and none of them are answered. Like why? Like why is it there? Who used it before the kids? To educate the servants' kids. It's awful. I hate it. Yeah, it's horrible. Bugs come out of books at some point. Everything is moldy and dusty and old. And throughout like this whole process, the mom is like guaranteeing them constantly. Like it won't be very long. Mm -hmm. It won't be very long. I'm doing everything I can, but understand like I'll visit you as often as I can. But I have to do everything my dad says. Yeah. And so the kids are of course going to blindly trust. Their own mother, who's never mistreated them ever. No. 
And they're like, okay, okay. And so they do their best to follow the rules, especially at the beginning. They're very careful. They memorize Bible verses so that if the grandmother asks um, for them to recite it, they, like, know what's going on. They they read to the little kids. They read everything they can get their hands on. Mm-hmm. They start, like, renovating parts of the attic in a way to make the, the attic, like, not scary to Corey and Carrie. They make flowers, and they make the kids swing. And they decorate, and they change the decorations because they've got, um, like, a wall calendar, and they keep crossing off the days that they've been there. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to make it more like it's supposed to be a fun experience. Yeah. And that's what their mom has told them to do. Like, just pretend this is, like, a game. <laughs> and uh, Make it an adventure. Yeah. It's and something like, new. You're stuck in two rooms, and you're not allowed to go anywhere. But sure, yeah, okay. It's the first act was a lot to take in and a lot to think about. Right. Like these children get stuck up there and they're first initially told that they're only going to be there a couple weeks, maybe a month. And this is actually the longest part of the book. Like, yeah. I know that this book is divided into parts, mm-hmm. but it's only divided this is into all the buildup, right? Mm hmm. That's it. Like, it goes through, like, their day-to-day, and it's kind of boring, actually. Yeah. Um, But it's boring because that's what's happening to – like, there's nothing for them to do. No. It doesn't, like, jump right into, like, the incest thing. Like, they're like, grandmother's rules are ridiculous, and she's really scary and all this stuff, right? Yeah. And so they're doing their best to, like, follow her rules and do all the things, and the grandmother is still, like, trying to catch them being – Immoral. Gross. Yeah. And then we find out that the mom has lied to the grandfather and been like, we didn't have any children. Yeah. And that's like one of the key conditions to him writing her back into his will. And we need to, we didn't know this, but like the reason that it's really important and that she has a really good shot at this is because her two older brothers are already dead. Yeah. And one of them died in like an accident and then the other one died in an accident right after because he was grieving. Yeah. And so, like, there's just, like, problems. And so one of the things is that, like, part of her forgiveness is not only saying, like, we never had children, which the grandmother agrees to lie about, which is confusing. Yeah. Um, Because that's not really explained. But they also whip the mother as, like, their punishment forms. It's physical punishment, but it's whipping. And the grandmother makes her show her kids – all yeah. the list marks down from her, like, shoulders. Down to the back of her legs. To, yeah. And, like, first of all, that's, like, a thing that that is very old school. The yeah. The whipping thing. Especially, like, the religious and moral righteousness of whipping. Mm-hmm. Um, But then to have that as, like, a thing doled out by her father. Like, that was his choice of punishment. Yeah. And that's really creepy. It was... There was so many things about that punishment, too, because it was something like 36 lashes, something along those lines, one for every year she was alive, plus however many she's been gone or whatever. And so, or, like, living in sin with her some, husband yeah. or something like that. And it's like, we understand that it's gross that she married her cousin brother. Her uncle brother. Her uncle brother. Whatever. It's <laughs> still the same thing at it's that point. It's still weird. And so we understand, but, like, the... The extreme measures that this family goes to to both, like, hide stuff uh-huh. 
and then punish people for stuff is so weird. It's the perfectionism. It's so creepy. Because they need to be perfect. They long to be perfect. It's, it's just not good. Not just looking perfect, it's being perfect. Um, It was just really deep, that first part, where you're kind of sitting there going, what in the hell is happening? And I guess that's like a way to write complacency. Yeah. Like, at first, they're like frustrated constantly. They are trying their best to, like, stay occupied, but then you settle down into day-to-day, and, like, nothing changes. Mm -mm. Like, the seasons are changing outside, so sometimes it's hotter or colder in the room. They're marking off the days on the calendar. Their mom visits them every week, like, twice a week or something like that. It starts out really frequently, and then it's it's very – it turns very quickly. It's just them playing house is how they kind of Mm -hmm. make the situation sound. Yeah. And then – all of a sudden, we get to, like, the stopping point for the first half of the book. Mm-hmm. And we go into the second half of the book. And they've been there for, like, nine months. Something, Yeah, it's been a while. It's been, like, nine months. They've had birthdays there. Mm-hmm. The mom has brought them cakes and stuff. They've and then, had Christmas. Yeah, and it's been, it's been crazy, right? Yeah. And so, every time the mom visits, she brings them tons of gifts and stuff. But she's, like, not paying attention Mm-mm. to her own kids. And she'll tell them things like, well, you just need vitamins or like whatever right and so as we go into the second half of the book a lot of stuff gets way worse than it already is which sounds insane it sounds like it's not possible like it's not possible that it can get any worse they're locked in an attic no one's looking for them no no one even knows what's going on they don't even know what's going on no and so suddenly their mom when she visits is like not her attentive, loving self. Mm -mm. She is, like, wearing lots of fancy jewelry. She's wearing expensive clothes. She is explaining to the kids, like, this is all part of my my pretending to get on your grandfather's side and get Mm -hmm. his forgiveness and all this stuff. And Kathy, he's being like, well, how long is this going to fucking take? And she's like, just be patient with me. And she, like, snaps at her. And and then Christopher snaps at her, too, for yeah. being on the mom's case. But at yeah. the same time, I'm with Kathy on this one. You're supposed to be going to secretarial school. Why is it taking you so long? Well, and they were told it'd be, like, a couple weeks because this grandfather's on his deathbed anyways. So, like, he'll be extra full of forgiveness or whatever. Yeah. And, like, sentimental, which is a lie. So, so the mom is now socializing. She's, like, going out and meeting her old friends. She's being reintroduced to, like, society and shit. And she's just, like, forgetting her kids are people. Yeah. And there's a huge gap of time, which I can't remember the measure of time, but there's a huge measure of time where the mom, Corinne, doesn't come and visit them at all. It's just the grandmother. It's months and Mm -hmm. months of this. And these kids, the the little kids are starting to ask why their mom doesn't come around anymore. Where's mama? Where's mama? I want mama. And at some point, Kathy just says, I'm your mama now, which is really fucking weird. She's like, can't you just pretend that I'm your mom? Like, I'll take care of you. I'll feed you and stuff. Yeah. And so they kind of fall into this weird pattern of actually, like, playing house. Yeah. And it's, it's a little weird. Um, one of the, like, rare times that they see Corinne again, she comes up to show off how dressed up she is for a party. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we wish we could see that. That's so cool. Because they're still kind of under this, like, 
I don't even know, like, a spell of, like, trusting her. It's, yeah, it's just blind trust well, that these kids have. Well, and crazy part of it is because he loves his mother so much, and she's on a pedestal, and he's just always saying, you know she's doing this for us. You know that this is for us. Why are you so rude to her, all of this? And so when she comes up and she's, like, showing how sexy she is and stuff. Oh, it's so fucking weird. It's really weird. And um, they're like, well, we wish we could see the party because we know we can't go to it. And so she lets them sneak out to watch the party. She puts them in a little cabinet under a table in a hallway that Mm -hmm. overlooks the ballroom. And she's like, this is where I used to hide when my parents would have balls. And I was like, what? So they're hiding. They're watching all the people. They see the grandfather. They see the grandmother. They see... Their mother with another man named Bart. Bartholomew. Bartholomew. Oh, fuck him. And uh, he's much younger than their mother. He's very handsome. Well, okay, so they don't know that he's much younger until later in the book. Mm -hmm. But he's, like, obviously pushing real hard with the flirting. Like, show me your bedroom. I've heard so much about your bed. About your swan bed. Which is carved in the shape of a swan. What the hell? Yeah, right? That's weird. First of all, it's the fifties. It's weird. You don't want to. You don't want a swan bed. No. <laughs> Would a race car Never. bed be better? I want a normal bed. I want a big bed. <laughs> That's very comfortable. Um, but she. So. So they're obviously dating, and the kids see mm-hmm. them like kind of messing around, where he like grabs her boobs or something. Yeah, which is weird because they're all fancy and like at a. At a gala kind of thing. At their par- at her parents' house. And she used to be like, you're going to get me in trouble, meaning we can't sneak away for too long in case they think we're having sex, right? Yeah. Um. So then the kids sneak back to the attic, and they're like, it was kind of cool to see all of that stuff, but do you think mom's really dating that guy? And, and then, you know, the mom had promised that she wouldn't date anyone. She's like, your father was the love of my life. Ugh. No one could ever replace him. Don't worry about it. And then we find out that that's a big fucking lie. Big fat lie, because they get fucking married. Yeah. So in the second half, the reason she's gone so much is because she's always going out with her husband-to-be, Bart. Yeah. And so they're, like, traveling. They're, like, going to see friends in different places. They go sailing. And then after they get married, she's gone for three months on their honeymoon. It's. I didn't get a honeymoon. It's like a weird exorbitant thing, though. Like, I don't... It was a lot. It was a lot. And these poor children are up in this attic watching the seasons go by. They realize they've been in there for a year now. Right. And And then they start to... Like, Kathy really starts to freak out. So a lot has happened. Kathy... (laughs) Kathy is like a hot mess. Because she seems to be the only one with common sense. Yeah. And so she's going crazy. And she wants to stand up to the grandmother. And... Like, the grandmother is probably one of the creepiest villains we've read in a very long time. She wears all gray, and her hair is slicked back, and she has a brooch. And then we find out her hair is not even real. It's a wig. (laughs) Which I think is, like, kind of funny. But, like, so Kathy stands up to the grandmother. Um, Kathy and Chris actually both end up getting whipped. In this time period, Kathy has also become a woman and, like, started her period and, like, that freaks her out a lot. As it should. Well, yeah, she has no idea what's happening to her. And she, like, is it, still not 
in a good mindset. Yeah. So, like, we have all these problems. And there's... So, we're going to get into some trigger warning stuff right now. And that's because (sighs) pretty much all of the second half of this book, which we deem being, like, Act 2, Act 3, if you're looking at a general plot, is a lot of um, just, like... It's things the, that need a trigger. The harder abuse, this is where the rape occurs. Yeah. And so we're going to get into that, and we're going to try not to linger out too long, because it is really creepy. But life has changed. The The twins are not doing well. They're not growing. They're not healthy. And on the other hand, Kathy and Chris seem to be doing okay. Like, Kathy and Chris are, like, turning into adults. They're getting their adult bodies. Mm-hmm. Chris, I think, at this point, is, like, 16 and she's like 14, 14 or something. It's been mm-hmm. a very long time. And there's this point in time where she, Kathy, is the only one in their downstairs room of the attic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very confusing. But she's like noticing and appreciating her body because it's changed. Yeah. And she turns around and Chris is there and he's in the, watching her. In the closet where the doorway is for the attic and he's checking his sister out. And so, like, she, like, kind of freaks out and, like, covers up or whatever. But right at that moment in time, the grandmother walks in. Yeah. And is, like, you were looking at each other naked and all this stuff. And they're, like, trying to explain, no, it was an accident, blah, blah, blah. Still a little creepy. Yeah. Because, like, he's obviously watching her. But then, so the grandmother is, like, if you are going to be vain like that, we're going to fix that problem. And she tells Kathy, I'm going to chop off all your hair. And we'll see how pretty you feel then. Oh, God. Because you're being, it's it's vanity that's getting you. That's your sin. And so Kathy refuses. And the grandmother, instead of, like, fighting her, is, like, really weird. It's like, then your brother will do it to you. Because he so is. So creepy. He is, ga- he's gazing upon her, her beauty and her vanity. And they leave these huge scissors up there for her to take care of it, and she doesn't take care of it. And they, the problem is, is that until Kathy cuts her hair or Christopher cuts her hair, they won't be fed. Which is like insanity. Like also, they're being starved. I'm sorry, but if that is the choice, and you have two small children, cut your why fucking hair. Why are you not cutting your hair off right away? Cut your fucking hair. Like I get that people are attached to their hair because I'm also pretty attached to my own hair. But, like, if it's between my hair and feeding four people, cut it. I have no other option, cut it. Chop it it fucking off. So, anyways, the grandmother doesn't like that they won't follow her rules. And so, instead, uh, sneaks in at night, uses a hypodermic needle to make sure that Kathy stays passed out, and then puts tar all over her hair. Everywhere. Why? Why did it need to go that far? Because the grandmother is a vindictive bitch. She's crazy. She's They're literally insane. They're all crazy. They're all Ugh, insane. Everyone so in gross. this book is fucking nuts. They managed to just save enough of Kathy's hair to make her feel okay about losing some of it. God, just like fucking chop it off. You're it's being such a baby. brittle and it's sad, but she needs her hair because she wants to be a pretty ballerina. She also like does like obsessive ballet exercises. Oh, Yeah. So many. starts to, like, look sickly because she does it too much. Yeah. And that's kind of weird. But so through this, now that they're being punished and all this stuff, they're like, we're going to have to take matters into our own hands. If we need to run away, we're going to need need to, to 
get some funds. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is Christopher (laughs) decides the best way to do this is to sneak out and steal from everyone on that the levels below them, which would be their mother's room of or their like suites, right? Yeah. But the way he does it, because they know they need a key because they're locked in this room, he takes the key that the mother sets aside. He takes this key and he presses it into a bar of soap, like old school spy shit, and then carves a key out of wood. Which doesn't make sense. And it works. I just, I don't think that's a thing. I don't think it's a thing either. Especially if it's as old as it's saying. Do you know how thin a key would have to be? Like, I'm looking at my doorknob right now. Out of wood. Out of wood. That's got to be made out of balsa wood, and balsa wood is the weakest wood you could ever have. I just don't. Like, did he do it out of a popsicle stick? It's weird. So, we have Christopher sneaking out now and stealing things, money. And doing pretty well. Yeah. Like, he's gotten some jewelry some cash Mm -hmm. and the premise is well mom doesn't really seem to care about money and so she seems to just like leave money everywhere like in every handbag in coats she and she's it's weird she's very flighty and not very observant at all and that's the problem and and we kind of hate her yeah i kind of hate her a lot and then he takes christopher takes kathy with him to show her she starts going through things and she's trying on the clothes and okay. she puts the makeup on. She made on. me mad during that part because I'm like, you have literally, I understand that you want to experience luxury. <laughs> I get it. But like, you're on kind of a time crunch while your mom's out on yeah. a date. Why are you putting makeup on, bitch? Get some money. And she's money. like full on, like trying on stuff. She steals some of her mom's bras to try yeah. on. Like, it- <sighs> she puts the makeup on and Christopher calls her a street whore. And is like, take that off. Yeah. And all he wants her to do is there's a jar of change. Take handfuls. Take take the quarters. They don't do that. They grab what they can. They leave. Because she sucks. Because she sucks. And Ugh, God. at one point, everybody gets really sick. They've started receiving some a treat with their breakfast. And now Christopher is very ill and can't go steal the money. So he sends, sends Kathy down. And Kathy comes across Bart. And Bart is sleeping, and instead of taking money, she kisses him. Which is creepy. And wakes him up, but he thinks he's dreaming. Yeah, so this is the part where we find out that her mom's kind of a cougar. Um, Yeah. So Bart is a lot younger than her mom. Her mom's not, like, super old or anything, but she would be in her 30s. She's in her 30s, And Bart would be in his, like, 20s still. And, um... She So Kathy doesn't manage to steal anything because then she panics. Mm-hmm. So she kisses him. The girl who's never kissed anyone ever before decides to kiss the man her mom is sleeping with and dating. I'm married to at that point because they're married then. Mm-mm, they're not married. No? They're no, not married until later. They're not married. Yeah, exactly. Because when they do get married, they leave the house. Yeah. And um, panics and leaves. And so then Chris is like, what happened? And she like freaks out. And then this is the trigger warning part because she like can't believe she almost got caught. And so she's like panicking. She's having a lot of issues. And she goes out on the roof. Uh-huh. And when she comes in cuz she spills her guts to Christopher. Well, no cuz Christopher goes back to steal stuff and Bart is talking about the blonde girl from his dream. Mhm. No. That's how I read That's it. At the end. 
Either way, Chris so finds out Kathy kissed him. She tells him. Yeah. And then feels really bad and guilty because she wasted that time. And um, uh, it's just a big mess. But so she goes out on the roof to like cool down and Christopher's really, really mad. And in a weird, like, I don't understand how the scene progressed the way it did. The writing is very sloppy, first of all. Yeah. And so like the sequence of events ends up that she comes in to like talk to him because he's super mad. Uh-huh. And he ends up raping her. And then telling her that it can't happen again. And she's talking about how she wants it to happen. When they're and then teenagers. Her immediately being like, I forgive you. I understand why you did that. Like that kind of stuff. And he feels really bad about it. He's like, I don't know what happened to me, right? It's bizarre. And then and that was after they went skinny dipping. Yeah. Which we didn't mention. Nope. But like they go skinny dipping. They sneak out in the middle of the night, go skinny dipping, and then come back. Wouldn't you leave? Well, I think that was maybe, like, the part that made them convinced that they could leave. Like, no one noticed that they were gone. So, it's just bad. Let's get into why everyone is getting sick. The children are getting very, very sick. Right. It's funny because, like, you texted me and you were like, um, why do I need to be worried about powdered donuts? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, oh. (laughs) Uh, so they've been giving, getting powdered donuts with their breakfast in the morning, and they always thought it was really cool, because the grandmother said they would get treats. And she had, like, specifically been like, if you're really good, you might get things like ice cream some days, you might get, Cake. like, things that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And but never were, like, candy. Cool. And it wasn't, like, a big deal to them, because, like, their mom would bring them treats. Mm-hmm. Like, she would bring them candy and cookies and cake and whatever, right? Yeah. And so they were like, okay, so this is, like, just a normal thing Mm -hmm. that our grandmother has added to her picnic baskets. And these donuts, there's one donut for for each child. Right. Christopher's the first one to get ill. Kathy starts to realize that she's not doing too great, but she's better than Christopher. And then the twins are getting very... What's the word I want to use? lethargic Uh they're very lethargic they're looking pale they're not looking great and then one night Corey gets very very sick to the point where they convince the grandmother and their mother to take him to a hospital he's had like a fever he can't eat anything he's vomiting it's just it's really bad and they're like we think he has the flu yep we don't know what to do with him like, all of the, like, fever tablets that are in the bathroom aren't working. Like, he's just a huge mess. So they convince the grandmother and the mom to take him to a hospital where he dies. Right. Do you think, because I didn't think this was a thing, do you think he actually went to a hospital? See, I don't know. Like, I part of me thinks that he did. Because the grandmother was not the one poisoning them. And we find that out later. Yeah. And so I think that the grandmother probably made the mom take him to an actual hospital. But then they had him buried under a different name. Yeah. Which is also weird. So he Because they had to take him to the next town over so no one would know who they were. Yeah. So Corey dies. And now we're down to three kids. Carrie is now distraught. Because her other half is gone. Oh, yeah. 
she changes as a child because she was the the very outgoing extroverted twin and now she's very introverted she's not eating she doesn't want to do anything there's no hope for her mm-hmm. as a young child because she's seven six or seven she's still really little she's still very young yeah and this is when they realize they really do have to go yeah have and to, so have to get out They've already, like, discussed and made plans and, like, kind of made a budget. Mm -hmm. And they understand that, like, stealing things that can be turned in for money is a good idea. And then stealing money as it goes is a good idea. And so there is some point where Christopher's like, I'm going to go and get as much as I can and we have to leave. Mm -hmm. We have to leave. And so he goes and comes back empty-handed and Kathy's like, what the hell? What happened? Why are you? Why don't you have anything? And he says, "You know, they're gone. Everything's gone." Yeah. And so he was gone for a really long time because he was like freaking out and tearing through all the rooms. And the only thing that his mother left behind in her bedroom was a photo of her with their father, their actual father, mm-hmm. and her wedding rings. Yeah. And that's it. Everything else is gone. And so they knew that their mom was going to marry Bart. Yeah. They knew that that was a thing. They knew they went, that she went on her honeymoon and she was always like reassuring them like, of course I love him. I don't love him like I love your father. Like all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And then without telling them the reason her visits were so sparing was because she was gone. Yeah. She moved. And there's like at some point, um, they find out the grandfather has died, too. The grandfather's been- already passed because Chris gets really pissed off mm-hmm. and is going to go down there and confront him. Yeah. Right? And his room is empty. His wheelchair is put away. His bed is made. There's no machines keeping an old man alive. No. He's been dead for a while. Like a year, I think. Uh, yeah. Something it was like some, that. It was a long time. And the only reason Chris knows is because he's hiding in the grandfather's office. Mm-hmm. Looking for something that's worth money and can't find anything. And two of the people that work in the house come in. First of all, they fuck twice. Yeah. On the couch and Chris is hiding behind it. Yeah. And then, like, in between fucks, they're, like, smoking and talking about the old lady and the old man and can you believe this, can you believe that, blah, blah, blah. Just rumor. And, like. Talking shit. But that's how he finds out, like, it's been a while. And, like, he watches his grandmother say her prayers and stuff. Yeah. And then he sneaks back up there and he's like, listen, we gotta go. Yeah. And they do. They leave. And it's crazy. Oh, so part of the thing, too, is, like, they're very suspicious that they have been poisoned. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And in the midst of all this, Corey has befriended a mouse. It It was caught in a trap and it broke its leg. And Christopher splinted the leg, and they nursed it back to health, and it was older. But they, t- they like, let Corey train it, and it, like, bonds with him. And so, like, there's only one way to find out if this is poison. And so they, they put poison- a piece of the donut into the cage with the mouse. And they poison Mickey. And then watch as Mickey the mouse dies. dies. And so they put him in a little bag with the donuts, and they're like, we'll take this to the police. Yep. And so they pack up what little things they have because they don't want anything from their mother anymore. No. They take their money and they walk to the train yeah. back the way they came all that time ago, carrying Carrie because she's just like lifeless almost. And they go 
where do they go? They go to a specific place, but I don't remember what it was. I can't remember where they go, what exactly the place was. Somewhere somewhere it's a bigger town is yeah. where it's at. And when they get there, they make the decision of whether or not they're actually going to turn that bag with the mouse and the donuts in or they're going to throw it away. And so here's like another sick and twisted part, though, is that they decide showing up at the police station with this story is going to be too unbelievable. Yeah. And they partly want their mom to remain in whatever marriage she's in, but Kathy also vows revenge. Like, hard revenge. She's like, if I ever see my mom again. And I'm like, oh no. And so they end up taking Carrie to a doctor, and then that's kind of the end of the book. It's a very open ending because it is a series. Right, and... So the other thing is, we looked up a bunch of the other parts of this series. Oh my god, I read all the like, synopses. There's so much. There's so much that's going to happen that, like, you can tell because I know for sure they end up together, right? Yeah, they do. Um, and I feel like I know that because I read a different book where they were someone's parents. They have at the end, right? Kathy has two children of her own with other people, and one of which is Bart. And yeah, because she, like, goes steals. back and steals him from her yeah. mother. And then he dies. Like, everyone dies, because this book, everyone dies in this series. Well, her her original husband dies, too. Yeah. He, he commits suicide. Yeah. Everyone dies or commits... It's just... It's awful. It's either big accidents or suicide. And they have the children. They So she has two sons, and then they adopt a little girl together. Which is also strange. And then you find out that the lady who lives next door, who's the two boys befriend, is actually the grandmother of these two boys. It's Corinne. It's Corinne. And then she dies. No. No. Her house blows up. And she gets committed. So the house caught on fire. Yeah. And it didn't actually catch on fire. It's a different uncle who is also the butler, who is one of the people having sex in the study. It's just so convoluted. And he sets it on fire while Corinne and Kathy are locked in the basement or the cellar because he was brainwashing one of Kathy's kids. Mm -hmm. And that kid turns into like an animal abuser. And, it's, like, is convinced that his mom is evil. Showing all the signs of a serial killer. And it's just, like, like they bought him, oh, the dog? Something like something. that, yeah. And then he, like, neglects the dog, and then one day the other kid finds the dog dead. Yeah. And, like, knows in his heart that it's the, the, the brother junior or whatever yeah. who did it. And so it's just, like, this whole Insane. awful tale. Because then Kathy still, even though she's been, like, awful still goes back to her brother yeah and they adopt the little girl so it's but and then you find the the last book is the story of the parents when they meet and all fall in love and all that shit the whole series the first five books are literally a circle yeah it's it's just a circle it's just it was a lot to take in and i think one of the big hurdles too aside from all of the things that we need trigger warnings for (laughs) Is that the writing is not good. No. The no. the language that's used, there were a lot of mistakes in this book, which is weird. It's been around for so long, no mm-hmm. one's bothered to revamp it. Um, just. 
bad. Poorly, just bad. Poorly written, poorly executed, just a horrible story all around. Yep. It made me feel uncomfortable. Yep. Um, we're not going to rate it. No, because, because bad romance, we can't really rate. Like, no. how much did we hate it? A lot. A lot. We disliked it a lot. We hate that it's a, a movie, and we will not be watching that. No, no. Um, no even no. though I did read that, like, they took out the rape scene in uh, the in the made for TV one version. Okay. Um, still which not is going to good, do that. but like, still, no, thank you. Um, I just hate it. So we had a lot of feelings, all of the feelings which were bad. Um, it's all just so, so, so twisted. I don't suggest you read it if you've not read it. Yeah, this was, so this, a lot of this came about as, you know, I can remember specifically reading some of these books and not understanding why they were so creepy. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of the other books are like, um, people pretending to be disabled. Yeah. Cousins raping other, each other. Um secretly finding out that your boyfriend who you just had sex with is actually your brother, but you were kidnapped as a baby or something like that. Just soap opera ideas, but done in a way that makes it not even, like a soap opera wouldn't touch some of this. They're uncomfortable. And I understand the point of a gothic novel is to make you uncomfortable. Right, but usually because it's something creepy that you don't want to confront. This is like this woman I think was maybe really mentally ill. But someone <laughs> paid her to so, continually write. Well, and now she's got a ghostwriter. Which shouldn't be a job. There is another book coming out next year by this ghostwriter under the VC Andrews name. Ugh. I hate it. It's it's bad. I hated it so all uh, the way through. I read this all in one day because I refused to continue to read it in more than one day. I had to do it in increments just to be able to stomach it. It was awful. It was horrible. It was everything I hated in life. And I never want to read it again. Um, my coworker wants to burn it with me. Oh, yeah. You can burn mine, too. So I think Because gonna... I'm not going to recirculate this book ever to no. anybody and no. never recommend it. No, thank you. So um, if you'd like to leave your book behind, Cat, <coughs> we will have a ceremonial burning behind the dumpster. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Later um, this week. Anything else you want to chat about? I don't think about this book. I was going to move on to what we're doing next because it's going to be different. So yes. the end of this month, we decided – so we have some some good friends. Mm-hmm that run a different podcast mm-hmm. who are also uh, Tucson-based, and it's called Insert Beer Here, so yep. shout out to them first of all. Um, but what they do is they get really drunk and watch a movie and do commentary throughout the movie. Yes. We're not going to do that because obviously that's not our shtick. No. But we are going to invite one of those hosts yes. to view our next bad romance pick, which is... Twilight! Twilight. So we hate on Twilight pretty regularly, but we more so hate on like Fifty Shades of Grey stuff, uh-huh. right? And so our idea was to read Midnight Sun, which I mentioned earlier. And when we got into Midnight Sun, we realized that it was worse writing. Oh, so horrible. Than we had expected. Edward is the worst. I don't know how anyone could fall in love with him after reading the one four, 40 pages, I think is how far I got into it before I had yeah. to stop. I read the first like two-ish chapters, which was like 70 something pages. Mm-hmm. And just like knowing his inner workings of his mind makes me dislike him on a level I didn't think I, I had. He's because so in the, in the book Twilight. Yeah. 
I, like, kind of liked him. I was mm-hmm. kind of Team Edward for a while because, like, he's a vampire. He's really old. He's trying to do the right thing and be, like, noble. Like, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but needless to say, we are not reviewing Midnight Sun. No. Because even as a hate read. We couldn't we do it. We couldn't torture ourselves. And we didn't want to give Stephanie Meyer more of our money. Um, so instead what we're going to be doing is we're going to invite our friend Alex. Yep. From Insert Beer Here. Well, that's not how we know him. We know him from like a long time ago. <laughs> and we'll get to, to probably hear his take on this because he's not a Twilight person. Nope. And so we're going to have him watch Twilight, the first one with us, right? Uh Uh-huh. And then we'll do a review of the movie because we've both read the book. He has not. I recently reread the book. Which I think is like a weird form of torture. Like, that's not a thing I plan on doing. I will discuss it more in the episode when we have a chat about it. I recently did finish the book. I read it cover to cover. And it only took me three days, which is even weirder. Hmm. And that was while working full time and doing all the crazy shit. But um, so we're going to do the movie. Um, I'm excited about it. Are you excited about it? I'm excited because I volunteered to get us movie theater popcorn because I demanded that. Hell yeah. Um, so I'm excited to do something a little bit different. And it'll be interesting to have a different co-host on with us um, that will have a very different perspective. We used to be a trio. Now we're a duo. Yep. And uh, for this next episode to end August with us. We'll have an additional person, but a male perspective, yeah. which is not something we generally have. No. Um, so if you are a twi hard, uh, we apologize in advance. We probably hate Twilight a lot less than we hate the book we just reviewed, so at yeah. least find comfort in that. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about the points of why we dislike Twilight now that we're older, because we both liked it when we were younger. Oh, I was a big twi hard back in the day. See, like... But that's what we're going to talk about. Like, what has changed to <laughs> with us Yeah, from when we were in our teens-ish? I was early 20s, but to, yeah. To now that we're like, what the hell? So just, just a heads up, we're going to change a little bit of what we're doing. We're not going to do a live commentary. No. Um, we're not going to, like, live tweet or anything like that. That would be too long. Yeah, it's it's a surprisingly long book and a surprisingly long movie for what's in the book. Exactly. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be fun. It's going to be way more fun than this VC Andrews bullshit. Oh, I don't ever want to read um, it again. I'd like to point out that I am very sorry that I have made you read this book and Bittersweet Rain. And that you are now, like, probably mentally scarred. Because Bittersweet Rain was really, really bad. And this is worse than that. Um. So, so much I worse. want you to know... I'm going to find something that's so bad and so just awfully atrocious for the next bad romance. I have to. It'll be weird when that happens because we have so many stuff, like so many themes coming up that there's a lot of potential for <gasps> us to really hate something that we because we chose some older ones. I'm go- I know exactly what I want to do for next bad romance, and it's a oh. full year away from now, so I have to write it down somewhere. I'm making you read a monster fucker book. A monster fucker? Mm-hmm. Like someone falls in love with a monster? Mm-hmm. It's like, not good. Like Boogeyman Monster? Like, like Alien? Saskatch- or Saskatchewan? Sasquatch. <laughs> Saskatchewan. I don't know why I said Saskatchewan. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, no, it's it's an alien romance. Interesting. It falls under the monster fucker category, like the trope. 
Just huh. wait. I read it. It was not good. Is it also a pirate one? Because that one kept coming up when I was looking for a pirate romance one. And it was like fantasy pirates in space. And it was like the captain of a starship. No. But also aliens. And it's like a series. And I was like, the hell is this? Like, we're not. Oh, before we leave, we did not mention that V.C. Andrews, when you shop for this book at our local bookman's, it is in its rightful place in the horror section, not young adult and not romance. I think it's funny that you searched in romance and young adult. Because that's what it. it would have been in when I was reading it in like sixth and seventh grade. It was in young adult yeah. fiction. Nope. It's in the horror section. And it's a series. So I looked in the series section in the kids section. Uh-huh. Or not kids, but like The YA. young adult, yeah. It wasn't there. And I was like, why? They have to have it. Because people owned this and don't want it. And then I was like, it's in horror. It's in horror mystery. And not and it only is it in horror, it's got its own whole section. Yeah. It's like top to bottom, almost completely filled. It's like a seven it's foot shelf. Horrifying. So if you are looking for this because we hate Reddit and you want to support a local business, we recommend you going to Bookman's and seeing what VC Andrews bullshit is there. And we also support um your choice to burn or shred once you're done or once you get like a third of the way in and decide you can't handle it anymore because it's awful do you want me to take a video of us burning this on wednesday sure hell yeah we're gonna post i'll post that on the instagram we're not so into the book burnings that's not cool no but this is one that kind of deserves it like, when we don't like books, we donate them mm-hmm. or we put them at free libraries. I threw Bittersweet Rain away. <laughs> Straight in the trash. Oh, well, that, I, <laughs> that's understandable, too. But, like, Straight in we the trash. try to, like, give others the opportunity in case it's something that's just, like, it wasn't our our taste. It might be someone else's. But this is one that really deserves to no a longer fiery, be circulated. fiery end. It deserves to die. Um, So... Ugh. With all of that being said. That was a lot of, like, updates and information. Yeah, that was a Sorry, lot of everybody. info. Um, if you do have questions about updates, you can reach out to us on social media. I'm on the Twitter a yeah, lot. Yeah, especially because we're not good at posting, like, like we have categories for each month, and we haven't posted those categories. Ooh, I should do that next. I yeah. did post August. We have everything picked out, so we could do, like, a, a, like a- pre- pre-recording list like book drop oh yeah we could we'll then talk- everyone could read before <laughs> before, before we do instead it. of after um, sorry we'll have that discussion off mic but um now that we've given you all of the information for the next five months because that's how long it's going to be this next round again um and we've discussed the horrible book that is vc andrews's flowers in the attic um Stay tuned next time when we discuss the movie Twilight with our friend Alex. And uh, just remember that bad bitches read romance. Bye. Bye.